Kimberly here. This is Macabish, cults, classics, and horrors. We're talking films, series, books, and life, and we're starting right now. Even my first film, they, they didn't. They didn't care. Like. They don't, you know, but we put the effort in, but at least they allowed us to put the effort in. Right. But the distributor themselves, you know, it's a numbers game for those guys, on, especially on the low end, the bottom feeders, you know, they're just, they're, they, they'll just, they just try to grab as much stuff as possible and put it out. And then, you know, so if they put out a thousand films and, and made a thousand dollars off of each one, you know, that's kind of, that's all they care about. They don't care about the individual artist or trying to develop anything. And I said, you know, then you'll become known for, putting out crappy films it'll yeah. catch up to you at some point it's true you know or you could be like blumhouse where he took the opposite like he's like i want to try to put out good films uh and i'm gonna stick to the deals i make with people i'm not gonna hose people over because you know i want them on my on she's crushed i mean they still owe me twenty five thousand dollars on that film they never paid me Ugh, and they were just like uh yeah well sue us oh wow. but you can't you got to take us to arbitration in California and you know who pays for the arbitrator we do. Right. So um, you're probably going to have a good, you know, so even if you win, what are you going to get? Like, then you got, you'll have a judgment against me that I'll never pay. Right. You know, and then you realize like, yeah, you're just not in control. Right. You know, but that's a lot of money, especially to an independent filmmaker. True. And they're just like, Oh, well, you know, move it on. We got all these other projects we're going to keep doing. And so, you know, it, it, you start to think, okay, well, these guys, they don't care about the craft. They don't care about the artist and they will lie to you and they will cheat you. And then I'll never work with you again, but they don't care. They'll just, you know, cause they don't, they, they don't want to build a relationship and create something great, you know, which is where a, a lot of those companies were, they were just not into building relationships or trying to build quality product. And I think that's how the, you know, Blumhouse blew up. So big is busy. He, you know, he focused on letting these guys try to make the best projects possible. He gave them everything they needed and he came through with the deals he said he was going to come through with. Yeah. You know, and that ended up, you know, so maybe not everything that they do is blowing things out of the, out of the water, but the artists had their say and he supported them and they delivered to everybody what they said they would. Mm-hmm. And that, I that think gamble was, pays off. I mean, like, look, get out Halloween. Fuck. All you have to have is one or two of those hits like that. I'm, yeah all the um what is it, insidious and like oh yeah i mean like you know then he's just into everything because now he's got credibility with the with the with the world and the audience and the people who want to work with him but that's the thing it's like there's it that seems like the the movie industry in general now like the, these days it just seems like it's all by committee and they don't give a shit about the art and if you have a few studios like blumhouse and a24 where they're still they they respect the filmmaker and the art and they give them their freedom but like for the most part it seems like that's that's everywhere they just want to shit out whatever it is and just grind it out and they don't care it's all by committee it's like whatever whatever the the statistic shows makes the most money that's what we'll do it's yeah they commoditize it i don't know you know i know that the guys i was dealing with on 47 it was they were you know i mean they didn't try to hide it he was like look this is where we're at like we're not even going to pay for you to ship the hard drive over to these guys because that's 25 dollars <laughs> wow you know? you're like wow really and they're like no man 
You know, if you want to send it to them, fine, but we're done. They have hard lines that they draw and they're like, this is how much and we're going to do, and this is where it's at. And that's that. And this is how much time. And so, you know, their goal was to, you know, let me have one week and then they took it and did the producer cut, which changed a lot of the stuff that we had done on the original, but I mean, a week to cut a film. I mean, really? I mean, dude, you're just watching it. Like, you know, you need to see it several times and you need to see it with an audience and kind of get out of your own head and you need some time with it. And plus I did all the effects in the damn thing, you know, except for the tornado at the very end, but like all the screen replacements and all those things, you know, that fell in my lap um, because they, otherwise they did, they wouldn't have done it. Right. And, you know, and then the other thing that kind of crushed us was uh, the deal that they had, we were supposed to start production on a certain day. And then there was problems with the financing coming through, blah, 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 blah. And they kept going back and forth. So we didn't know if we were going to go into production. And then all of a sudden they're like, okay, we're in production. We're going to, we're going to go. And they said, we have to maintain the same deadlines that we had from the original. I'm like, yeah, but that doesn't, it's like, but now we don't have any time to do pre-production. Right. Like I've got like a week of pre-production to kind of put everything together and, and get this thing going. You know, plus I had to rewrite the entire second half of the film because the other one was a little, there was a lot uh, in the original version, the girls got separated. One was in Austin and one was in Dallas. Mm. And there was, so there was a scenes in Austin, there was scenes in Dallas and then they come together. And then we realized they were like, that's, you know, we can't have stuff on the road, highway shot, blah, blah. It's going to be too expensive. It's too big. You guys, it's too crazy. You need to, you need to, to tighten it up and try to put it all into the high school. So I had to rewrite that. So by the time that was all proved and written, now we're, we're already going into production. So we didn't have time to storyboard it, figure it out, or kind of think through some of the shots and some of the things, you know, and it had a different opening, but the actor that I wanted to use for that opening, um, she had worked with the producer on something else and hated him and said that if he was involved, she wouldn't do it. And, uh, yeah, I know. And I was like, wonder why Like, could have, because at this time I didn't know, right? Like right. I was still in the, in the honeymoon phase. So I was like, Oh gee, I wonder, you know, are, are you sure you're not overreacting? She's like, look, if he's involved, I'm like, I'm sorry. I like you, but I can't be in, in this project at all. And so, and she had a pretty good name and I was like, oh, wow, goddamn, that was the whole point, you know? Um, so the one, you know, I have a great relationship with an actor and I can't even use them because this asshole. So now you know, so then I had to rewrite the opening to um, to to try to make it work without them. You know, and they were like, "Well, just have her come and don't tell her that he's involved." And I was like, "Oh, yeah, that's probably going to end badly." You know, like, and she'll just walk off set, and then she'll hate me, and we'll still not get it done. Yeah, then your relationship is ruined. Exactly. So you know, and those are all the you know, but again, like I. You know, I don't want to say, oh, there's excuses because every project, everything always has all these obstacles. Just, you know, that, that's just part of the job. Like you have to figure it out and, right. and overcome. And sometimes in, in that process, you come up with something that's even better. But it was it was shocking to deal with. Like you're like, wow. OK, so going forward, like mentally now, I understand you have to be prepared for that possibility and protect yourself mentally because you know when you this is something i mean you know think about it this is the biggest budget i've had this is like the big opportunity you're thinking okay this is finally it you know we're finally getting recognized we're grinding it out for 15 years making low budget films you know with no budget no budget over thirty thousand dollars she's crushed i think it was like eighteen thousand 
So we're talking like zero dollar productions. My right. first film, I think it was 10,000. So, so suddenly now we've got a real budget and real things going and we're so, you know, and then, then you just get blindsided by something you just never even imagined would be a problem right. because it hadn't been in the past. So all the things that you thought were issues, um, were, were all low budget related, but then you realize, oh, now there's a whole personality problem that you have to deal with, yeah. especially when somebody else is putting up a lot of money and it's their project basically right. in their mind. And they're like, oh, well, you know, so they were constantly threatening to fire me, replace me, that constant. But I just ignored that because it's like, okay, what do you really, who are you going to get <laughs> at this point? Like, you know, are you going to direct it? Like it'll, I know you guys are too lazy to want to do it yourself. So it's just constant threat, but it's just, for me, it didn't bother me so much, but I could see what it would do to the crew. Right. Like they would just be like, well, why are we trying so hard? Because right. I feel like it's, Patrick is, is getting beaten up on. And then the producers who are probably going to profit the most, they're assholes. So why do I want to try really hard to help assholes? Right. And that, you know, that, that, that starts to kind of, to blend it so it becomes harder to try to rally the troops and get people to go that extra mile because they're just like well kind of demoralized by some of it then it you know then it does become well i'm just here for a paycheck yeah Um, except for production designer and the script supervisor and the, the dp you know uh, the the grip the key grip he was these guys that that I knew before and that, that really stuck through it but you could see it was it was trying them like they were caught between the in the middle too because the producer would go to them and be like hey man what's he you know is he fucking up I want to try to do, you know working behind my back and then they were like hey man he's coming in behind your back saying shit you know this is weird you know right. so it was it was weird for everybody yeah and um, so now moving forward you're like okay. I get it. Now I know how, you know, what to look for, how to protect yourself, make sure that you can serve the project the best way possible. But the, you know, the one thing I will say is having the experience from the low budget world was I understood like, it's not like getting in an argument with him and trying to win. Like if he was yelling at me, I'd be like, okay, sounds good. Um, So I'm going to go back and start filming you know like why like why argue like i'm not gonna win it's an ego thing at this point my goal was to finish the project right i was like i'm just whatever it takes to make it happen is what i'm going to focus on and one of the actors was would lose her mind and start screaming at me you're the worst fucking director everybody hates you they think you're stupid they nobody thinks you know what you're doing blah blah blah. i'm like okay so we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna reset right (laughs) and um if you have any questions, talk to the first AD. He has all the answers for you too. So you should be good. And all right, we're going to go. You know, it's like, why? I mean, I could get in the argument, try to win it, but it's not going to win. Right. You know, my win is getting them to continue filming throughout the day and finishing the day. Right. You know, so you kind of have to put the blinders on and say, why am I here to finish this project? This project is the goal. So anything that services that ending is what I need to be focused on. Right. And these little ego battles, they're not going to, they're not going to do anything for me. So those were really good life lessons that you kind of, but you learn that in the, in the independent, you know, when you're doing low budget films and everybody's, I mean, when you're doing really low budget films, the crew is always wanting to quit at any moment. They're like, I think this is fucked. Let's all just go home. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're like, no guys, we can do it. We just got to finish this. We can do it. And they're like, I don't know, man, it started raining and the cops are here and like, dude, but we can, this, <laughs> let's just, Let's just figure it out. 
One more shot. One more shot. Yeah, you're, yeah. But I was like, guys, th- it's all for naught if we don't get this last piece. Like, we need this piece to fix right. it. And they're like, <laughs> oh, you know. This is a big climax. <laughs> yeah, this is our moment, man. This is why we're here. Which is crazy on uh, on forty seven hours, like the main moment at the end, the big the big scene. Um, so normally you have a twelve hour day. So if you start at nine, you get done at nine, right? Like that's just the thing. So it was five o'clock. I think it was maybe like five thirty. We were setting up, for, you know. So we're shooting in December, so it's already dark, and for the big the final death scene in the movie, and then I'm told, oh, you've got thirty minutes. I was like, what do you mean I got 30 minutes? Like, we got to be out of here by six. I'm like, what? And it was, yeah, the theater's opening up. And so we need to be out of here so they can bring in customers. I was like, wait, what? Like, oh, we got till nine. <laughs> they're like, no, 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 no. They decided they didn't want to, they, it was going to cost an extra thousand dollars. So we're just, we're having to get out of here by six. I was like, we haven't even started shooting. And it's like the final scene of the movie. And it's like, you know, what the fuck? Really? And they're like, well, that's just it. Figure it out. You know, so everybody's just like, whoa. And they, of course, the, you know, the actors are all upset. And I was like, okay, well, yeah. So I, I said, look, go talk to the guys and see if we can, you know, they don't officially open till seven. See if we can buy till seven. And anybody in the film business knows like seven means probably 730 because I'm going to fucking drag my feet. So, you know, <laughs> what are they going to do? Right. Uh, but there was, you know, but then we need to shoot there in the future. So a part of it is like, well, we can't piss them off too bad because they can just say, well, then you guys can't come back. Right. So I was like, oh man, this is, you know, this is, this is brutal. And then, you know, but I'm like, you know what, dude, I've been down this path before. Let's just fucking go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's grind. Let's get it. You know, let's get, a, let's get a cool establishing and then, and let's get in and shoot. And the actors I told the, I, because I knew it was going to be cold and I knew there was a lot of stuff. So when I wrote it, I, I made sure that they had coats for a lot of those scenes that were going to be outdoors, especially with storms and rain and, and, and wetness and stuff. But of course, actors, you know, they don't like wearing coats because, you know, the scenes before they have to have the coats on, but it's not cold or whatever. So they want to take the coats off. And they're like, hey, can we take the coat off? I was like, I wouldn't. I would keep the coat on because it's going to pay off in, in the future. And like, oh, but, you know, so the next thing you know, they're out there and they're not wearing the coat. And you're like, what the fuck? I thought, you know, and then now we shot some stuff. And they weren't wearing the coat and then, you know, and it was just an argument I didn't want to have. So you're just like, okay, fine. Don't wear the fucking coat. You know, I, I'm trying to make my day. I've got a million other problems. You, whether, whether or not you're wearing a coat is really irrelevant to me. Cut to it's 32 degrees. It's cold. It's <laughs> wet. And yep. the girl's just shivering like crazy. And I'm like, yeah, that's why, you know, they're like, this is not right. You this poor, you're letting this girl freeze. I'm like, I'm not letting anybody freeze. I told them where I, I, I wrote in a coat. You know, like I was planning for a coat and I asked production to have heaters out here. They didn't show up. Like, I'm sorry. Like, you know, it is what it is. But, you know, I tried to cover your as best I could. Um, The coats would have helped. Yes, production should have had those those space heaters out here, but we don't. So let's figure it out. So we shoot the scene. And then, of course, everybody, you know, hates it the the editors were like oh this the coverage is bad blah 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 you know getting all these bad reports and so they're like we're gonna have to reshoot it you know we think you're seeing you know it's wrong so they were trying to work behind my back to come up with other scenes to shoot to to fix the ending and um so then we got another day where we had the ending that we you know we could reshoot it we had some time at the end and there was the blood going on the girl's face and uh, and they in the original cut that it really didn't it didn't play well so 
I had special effects girl said, I was like, Hey man, you know, we need a good shot of the blood hitting the face. And I'm like, again, in my experience has been the more, the better. Like I've never, you know, seen an audience go, wow, that was a little too much blood, but I've heard a lot of like, there's not enough blood. Yeah. Like, so let's go. And the, and, I, and she was like, okay, I got it. I'm going to get it. I was like, are you sure? Because we got, I mean, we get one take at this because we've got a thunderstorm coming in, you know, the, the grips are telling me they're going to have to start pulling down gear because they don't want, if the lightning strikes a, a certain distance, it's too dangerous because of the generators. I was like, so we got to get this shot. Like we don't have a second chance. And this is a second chance of the, of the original version. And it's like, Oh, I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. I'm like, all right. So like, this is your one opportunity. You're like Eminem, right? Like you've got to make this happen. The blood <laughs> has to hit her face just right. So we're like, yeah, I, I, I could do it. I could do it. And then, the uh my production designer was like well i've got this tube but i can run you know we can push blood through i was like oh i like that and they're like no don't she was like don't do that it'll it won't look right it'll look like vomit and i was like well okay but you're convincing me that you're going to be able to pull this off right she's like yes 100 percent." i was like okay because this production has been so fucked like i you know i need assurance yes I can, it's 100 percent. so cut to the scene you know and she just completely misses Oh, of course. Like, oh, but a little bit got on her. I was like, okay, clean that up. We can make this work. So we go like five or six takes missing every time. Maybe a little splashier, a little splash. Finally, the producer just grabbed the cup from her hand and just threw it in the girl's face and said, here, there's <laughs> we got, the, and, you know, and so then I, uh, and then I kind of had, so I had to digitally remove his hand and then I augmented it. I did some digital like tracking and added more blood to the face and try to, try to fix it. And, um, and make it but the best part was like that was the only piece that we used of the the original night's take that we shot where everybody was complaining and it was so miserable and everything that was the best performance like that was the one that worked of course um you know and so we ended up using most of it anyway at the end of the day anyways and i was like so you know everybody was panicking and, and running around like but did we watch the footage and like decide like i thought their performances were pretty strong in that one she's shaking from the cold it's like she's shaking from fear it's there you go Perfect. you know um, so those are some of the behind the scenes thrills that you get with, uh, with a big production, but you know, to save a thousand dollars, that's what the point of that story was, I guess, how it really ended up costing us more because then we had to do a bunch of other crap right? to fit around. This, it. this is a great story. <laughs> <laughs> it really was. I'm really glad you came to talk to us. Not as awkward as I thought it would be. Because I figure I, I tell somebody I don't care for their movie, and but then of course because it's me, I say you know you should come on the podcast. Let's talk about how much I didn't care about your movie. So it went a lot better than expected. Well, see what I did is I hogged up all the talking so that you didn't. I didn't. Let, I didn't allow you any opportunity to, to disclose <laughs> why you didn't like the movie. See, I didn't have to answer for any of the uh, shortcomings of the project, and I set up this pathetic s- little sad story about how hard production was so now you're like ah fuck i want to tell him (laughs) how do i break it to him without like destroying his soul so um you were sitting and practicing that whole story for the last (laughs) really push this one and i'll make sure that they know just how terrible it was yeah there was a uh these guys that came to one of the screenings uh we we did a, a secret screening at um the horror fest in dallas and and so these guys 
saw it. It wasn't, it wasn't the, the cut you saw. It was, it was, it was, it was getting close. So it wasn't as bad as the released cut, but it was a better cut. And the, um, it was, a, it was, a, you know, just an unannounced, nobody knew what they were going to go see. So we could kind of get a raw. Um, unfortunately, there was a timing issue with the film before. So we'd really get to talk to the audience to get any really good feedback. But a couple of the guys that were there um, have a podcast and they did a review. And one of the, you know, and they were talking about how the seats were uncomfortable in the screening and maybe that had something to do with it. So I thought it'd be hilarious to call them and they have like a call in line, right? And we could leave messages. So I called in with these crazy, like, I'm the director. How dare you, you know, <laughs> talk about those seats? You know how, you know, you know what's uncomfortable? Being on a movie set, blah, 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 right? And uh, they took it serious. Oh. And I was like, dude, every time I would, I would, I made the calls and then I would act like the, that I ran out of time and they would cut. And then I would do the thing where you call back and like, okay, let me, where was it? <laughs> and then I'd start the message again and then it would cut off. And I was like, how do you not realize like, of course, like it's a joke, right? Like, I mean, I'm building up and I keep getting crazier and crazier with every message. Like, you know, like the, the, the crazy girlfriend awesome. and uh, you know, so they were, so then I, 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 I see they, they've on their podcast and they're talking about, yeah, you know, and I mean, I didn't think the movie was bad. I, you know, I, I said some <laughs> stuff and then the director just got like, he was just so offended and he called us and you know, I felt like, I felt, I felt endangered. Oh <laughs> my gosh, endangered. <laughs> I was like, ah, man, nobody has a sense of humor anymore. Oh, like it's a horror God. movie. Come on. Like what's better than a horror? Then you get like a crazy director horror. Right. <laughs> and like that's, that should be gold, you know? And then the other, and the other part, it was like, I don't know. I, I, I felt that I thought it was a joke, but then you started, you got so offended by it. Then I thought, I guess I thought maybe it wasn't a joke. And I was like, Oh my gosh, you got it. Lighten up. It's, you know, we're all out here having fun. Yeah. I, I always think so too. People are very serious. Like my little ridiculous little blurbs. I don't expect anybody to take that seriously. You know, I do the synopsis, what it's about, decide if you want to watch it or not. And people will DM me, that movie was terrible. Like, why didn't you just say it was terrible? You know it was terrible. First of all, I didn't think it was terrible. I liked it. And secondly, I have this opinion that all the things you talked about that was a real pain to make the movie, we're putting in none of the effort. So I don't think it's a fair thing to be like, that's the worst movie I've ever seen. Because frankly, no, I got to go a long way to see a movie. Well, there was one recently. But it was not one of yours. <laughs> so I'm very I'm, I am not one of those people who's like, oh, my God, it's the worst movie in the world. Because what are we doing? We are opening our eyes in front of the movie. We're putting in no effort here. So I think it's pretty unfair for somebody to. Well, part of it is it's like intent, right? Like if I feel like their intent was good, then I, I'm always going to champion. Like I don't like they can fail miserably. Right. But if their intent was there. But if they insulted me and I was like, you know what? They didn't care. They were just right. trying to, you know, put something up and thought that nobody would, you know, they didn't even care. Then that's, then that's when I get offended, you know, like, I'm like, right. I feel like you are not giving any respect to the art form. Yeah. But if, if you try something glorious and it turns into this mess, I'm all for it. Like uh, this right. guy that, that I'd met and he was a filmmaker and he had the, you know, he made this film. And he hired these these Russian girls uh, to be in it. And he went he he like went to China, got these costumes for them, and it was some kind of superhero thing. And you know he was in it. His friends were in it. 
Um, and you could tell like his, this was like his passion to this project. And he thought, you know, and they, he bought some like styrofoam boulders and oh, wow. he had some army costumes for some of it. And, but it is so, it's just, it's a mess. Like it's like the acting is, is not, you know, it's like, I don't even know if they were, if they had lines and, and they were very stilted, like, let me ask my friend now, you know, <laughs> and, you know and, the, and the audio is kind of sketchy at places and they dubbed it. So where they dubbed it was even more ludicrous. <laughs> Those could uh, be fun, though. Oh, my God. And those Russian <laughs> girls are just like, they're there. Uh, I mean, they're giving it 100%. Like, they, you know, they've got thick accents. They don't, you know, they, they're treating it like this is like a big production. They don't, they're not shitting on it at all. And right. they're just, you know, it's a mess. And it's brilliant. And it's, it's like, I was like, it's, it's so much fun to watch. And I told him, I was like, dude, release this thing. Put it out. Like, put it on YouTube and just let it go. Yeah. But he was like, oh, no, you know, it's just like, I don't, I can do better. I'm going to try to fix it. I'm like, you know, just enjoy it. Like, let people have the enjoyment of this project. Like, people will find this to be amazing. Oh, yeah. Just the earnestness of it. And yeah, they're going to laugh at some of the stuff, but they're, they're going to laugh in a, in a kind way because they know that you were trying and they're going to appreciate that this was your passion project. At the, ultimately, they're going to be very supportive. And, you know, but he just couldn't bring himself to release it, which I always thought was horrible. It's like, I think the world need to see it. This is the number one place for macabre cults, classics, and horrors. For synopsis, reviews, and news, go to macabre.com. Thank you for listening. Signing out until the next one.